0: Welcome to Section 420 Talking Yankees the podcast. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast, get notified when new content comes up throughout the season. It's only for podcast subscribers, so if you want to be part of the fun, you got to subscribe. Pretty simple. Just click the button, takes less than a second. One second, done, see, easy. So um with the Angels recently, you know, coming to town, the Yankees uh, swept them in all three games. And of course with Shohei Otani, kind of the featured uh Angels star there, of course, you know, Mike Trout's not to sniff at as well, but of Ohtani of course is always the uh, the mystery of the Japanese ballplay. And he's getting—he's kind of, quite unique in that he's almost a Babe Ruthian type player where uh, not only can he pitch, even though the Yankees beat him up, but, but overall he is a good pitcher. But, of course, he's also a powerful lefty bat as well. So it kind of has that uh, uniqueness uh, that you don't see anymore in today's players. Again, kind of the Babe Ruth of uh, the modern age. So I was just kind of think, you know, just go back, you know, in memory lane a little bit when the kind of Yankees had a special night uh, with kind of their first crack at a Japanese star uh, Hideki Rabu back in 1997. And um, you know, I just wanted to just kind of go over the Arabu story. I was actually at that game, that debut game, so I'll kind of just give you that my my uh, little take on that. Uh, just going back, uh, you know, so many years. Remember, just remember that game? It was kind of you know, in the middle of July. It was middle of July, very hot. Uh, but it was just had place was rocking. Had a you know, a, definitely a playoff feel to the game, even though it was just a regular season game against the Detroit Tigers. But let's kind of give you the backstory, just maybe in case you are um, not familiar with the whole Arabu deal, or maybe just totally forgot about it because it's been you know about twenty plus years. Uh, so you know, since he wasn't a New York Yankee, kind of got to kind of give the whole story of how he came a Yankee, you know, his time during the Yankees, what happens in the Yankees. Unfortunately, of course, you know, he did have a tragic end to his life, but also I'll just give you maybe some of the legacy he left behind, uh, a couple of positive things as well. Pretty much, uh, you know, after San Diego ended up trading him to the Yankees, um, basically the post system, which now you see set in place where now teams bid on the Japanese players and the Japanese players now have. A little say now where they go. Well, that's all because of what happened after Hideki Rabu, So I'll kind of get into all that. So with Rabu, um, you know, I guess overall, he never lived up the expectations. But the Yankees did have some good success stories after that, of course, with Hideki Matsui. Um, you know, being, you know, probably a fan favorite uh, during the Yankees. I mean, even uh, at, at one point, you never had, you know, some, Yankees like Derek Jeter or Mariano Vera at some time did get some booze. Hideki Arabu, you know, even though he wasn't here too long, never once a smattering of booze with him. He's just uh, such a respect for him, and, you know, and the fans loved him just whatever reason. He never once got booed. Uh, one of the small, very handful of Yankees actually say that. And of course, after that, shortly after the Yankees had Masahiro Tanaka. Who again, unfortunately wasn't part of any championship teams or anything like that. But again, uh, well regarded by Yankee fans. Uh, again, I don't remember ever hearing a boo once for him. And it's just one of those guys that everyone likes. So, um, but you know, Hideki Rabu was that kind of first pioneer of the Japanese player coming here. Really, in terms of baseball overall, it was Hideo Nomo with Dodgers. I mean, he was, I guess he would say he was the one who kind of broke the glass ceiling or, you know, whatever, whatever term you want to use with that and had some success with the Dodgers early on. Probably never really had the full career span that, you know, Everyone thought he would have when he first got here. But, you know, early on with the Dodgers, had a couple of magical years. Of course, he had that funky delivery that everyone remembers. But uh, with the case of Arabu, uh, coming here at the age of 28 years old now, Arabu, he was with the uh, Lote Mariners. I, you know, I might have butchered that a little bit. So basically, the San Diego Padres uh, tried to buy his contract out, right? And really, Arabu had no say in it. He really wanted to come to the New York Yankees. So he basically told the Padres, great, look, if you want to uh, buy my contract out, fine. But, Find a way to trade me to the Yankees because that's the only team I want to play with. And if you try to force me to play for you, I'm just going to be a nightmare, more or less. So he basically forced his hand in that way. And it took a while, a little bit with the Yankees negotiating, but eventually the Yankees would put together a package, uh, which included Ruben Rivera again the uh, clubhouse thief, as well as a couple other prospects and $3 million cash and uh, making the trade and the Yankees were able to get not only a Rabu, but actually included uh, Homer Bush into the deal. And Homer Bush would be a bit integral piece for the Yankees for a couple of years, you know, kind of off the bench piece, especially in that 98 season. So um, even if the whole Arabu Rabu thing didn't work out as great as we thought it would, at least Homer Bush was a resourceful Yankee. And even to this day, uh, Bush is very close with the Yankee organization down there in fantasy camp as well. As you see, we see Bush back frequently during Yankees old time of day. Uh, but for a Rabu, um, There's there that error mystery because you know supposedly he had a uh, you know 100 mile per hour fastball and they kind of built him up saying well you know and yeah he did throw high 90s in Japan and again if you're throwing hard in Japan you could probably put a more better set in Japan than if you come here in the U.S. where I mean a lot of different players throwing high 90s so you're just kind of another uh, another I guess a dog with fleas and another a duck with feathers uh, but anyway for but a Robin again he came up with a lot of this hype suppose again he threw 100 miles per hour and they made a big deal about it. And they built him up so much, and of course, you know a lot of anticipation for him to join the New York Yankees. Now, this was in 1997. Of course, now the Yankees had just won the 1996 World Series; they were kind of top of the world. Um, the team was just as good in '97. And you figured, wow, add this guy, Rabu. and is this going to be, uh, you know, one step farther? So, Rabu came to the Yankees uh, midseason, had a couple of few warm-up games in the minors. and then it was July 10th, 1997, where he made his debut at Yankee Stadium. Now, a little backstory to this. I ended up going to the game, as I mentioned, at the uh, top of this episode. Now, for whatever reason, I, I can't remember the details, but for some reason, I think my uncle had, like, eight seats to this game, and something happened where I don't think he was able to go, so he kind of gave all the seats to my dad. So, my dad had, like, seven or eight tickets to this game. Um, so, of course, I went, he went, probably invited, but I, I don't remember who, I, I, I'm sure other friends came, I can't remember who was there in total, but there was, like, seven of us, seven of us total, Now, the tickets were broken up a little bit. Like four of us were sitting in one section, and three of us were sitting in another section. I remember sitting probably back then what was called the Tier Reserve. Again, that's the old Yankee Stadium, uh, Tier Reserve. So that would be like the first base. So it was on first base, basically behind first base, but all the way up. I'm talking about probably in the last row. It was way up there. And the stadium was absolutely packed. Now, normally, again, a game against the Detroit Tigers. Uh, kind of a midweek game. You'd figure, you know, maybe only 20, 30,000 people would be there. Maybe I'll say maybe, like 30 or 40, just because the Yankee, you know, we a championship team. But with all the buzz with Arabu, the place was packed, sold out uh, just about a, a capacity of about 52,000. And again, a real buzz in the air that for a regular season game, I don't think I ever experienced before. And I can't remember experiencing ever again. So whatever you want to say about Arabu in terms of overall, maybe somewhat of a failure that night was absolutely magical. Again, I don't remember a regular season game with that much buzz to it. Um, I remember they were selling T-shirts in the stands, all different Arabu T-shirts. And, of course, after every strikeout, they would put up some, I guess, the, whatever the Japanese version of a K is, they would, put, you know, they would hang that up. It was just a great night. And for Rabu himself, um, you know, for a debut, not too bad. So six and two-thirds innings. Had nine strikeouts, uh, two earned runs, five hits, did issue four walks, and on 99 pitches. And went into the seventh inning until eventually Joe Torre came out to take him out of the game with nobody on. And, of course, he got a heroic standing ovation. And, you know, the place was just absolutely just bonkers. After every strikeout, the place would go nuts. Uh, again, so it was just a fun night. And even even before the game, you know, we came in, uh, actually, you know, just backtrack a little bit the day before. Uh, Rudy Giuliani, of course, a big Yankee fan, presented him with a crystal apple at, you know, down at City Hall. So, it was again, all this hoopla and a lot, lot of pressure surrounding this guy. And, again, I remember, remember the commercial for the game, just them saying, like, you know, there's the Randy Johnson fastball, there's the Greg Maddox fastball, there's the Roger Clemens fastball, and then there's the Herdeki Arabu fastball, clocked at 100 miles per hour. So, again, they really built this guy up as Superman a little bit. Uh, so it was probably p- part of that was probably part of the reason that people were kind of, you know, maybe had a bad taste in the mouth afterwards. So after that first good start on July 10th, after that, he got cuffed up. His next couple of starts got beat up for, um, you know, like for, for like five runs. And the other one was like for four runs. He was never able to duplicate that opening night. And unfortunately, just uh, it got to the point where they had to send him down to the minors just to get himself fixed. And again, just from there, it just he did pitch for the majors again, I mean, across for the Yankees again. But it, it just never lived up to that hype they bought him in. And then again, '97 pretty much It was a non-factor for the rest of the way and in the postseason. Now. He did bounce back a little bit in 1998. That was probably his best season, probably in the majors and for the Yankees. It uh, wasn't terrible when 13-9 with a 4.06 ERA, including two complete games. And in May of 98 of that year, was uh, got the award for the American League Pitcher of the Month. So, yeah, uh, um, so you yeah, live up to the hype, but not exactly a super scrub in, in that sense. It's just not the superman they thought he was when they brought him in. Uh, hung out with the Yankees. Um, now, he was a non-factor in that 98 postseason run for the Yankees. And of course, that 98 Yankee team, as you know, one of the best teams of all time, uh, winning 116 uh, regular season wins. And, of course, that was the month of Shane Spencer in September, who was kind of the boy wonder. And, again, the Yankees pretty much cruised along. Had a little little trouble with Cleveland, maybe in the um, in the American League championship, but after that rolled along and, of course, swept the San Diego Padres in the World Series. And, again, overall for, for that, that 98 Yankee team. It's pretty steamrolled everybody. But, again, even though Rabu had a good, se- a good season, regular season, he really wasn't part of any of the, the postseason heroics and anything like that. It was just kind of a piece, kind of a fourth or fifth starter, just a piece there during the regular season. Now, 99, of course, he came back, and there was another championship year for the Yankees. Uh, Rabu, again, went 11-7. and You know, okay, not that. 4.84 ERA, a little high, but, again, not uh, completely atrocious. And in June of 99, uh, also awarded, again, the America League Pitcher of the Month. So, um, you know, overall, you say as a fifth starter, not bad. But again, if you built, you thought this guy was going to come in and be an ace and be a Roger Clemens, and that's probably why you know a lot of people were disappointed. Now in '99, early on, uh, there was a game, a uh, spring training game, where Arabo didn't uh, cover first base, and this is probably uh, probably the most infamous thing about Arabo, where St- George Steinberg is still in his uh, in his prime, referred to uh, Arabo as a fat p-word toad. Uh, so I don't want to say the P word here, but uh, you, you know what I mean. So a fat toad. So kind of the fat toad became Arabu's little nickname. is probably, uh, shamefully, most of all, is probably what he's known for, at least in the eyes of a lot of Yankee fans. Uh, Steinbren making that comment. Initially, wasn't allowed Arabu to, to travel with the team, but uh, eventually uh, did allow, you know, he did apologize for the comment and allowed Arabu to again, uh, you know, start the season with the team. And again, as I mentioned before, Rabu went 11-7 in that year. Now, as I mentioned before, he didn't pitch in the 98 postseason, but he did get a mop-up role in the 99, uh, one of the games against Boston. I think there was one that Clement started and just got destroyed. And Rabu just came out to mop up the game. And that would be the only postseason contribution for Rabu for the Yankees uh, in a losing effort. Now, of course, you know, 99, as we all know, the Yankees won the championship. So you can say for a decade, Rabu, uh, again, they signed him for a, a four-year deal when he first came over, twelve point eight million. Th- didn't live up to the the pitching hype, but hey, look, he was around for two ch- uh, World Championships, so whatever that's worth. So after that '99 season, uh, when it was clear like you know, hey, look, it just wasn't work out here for him, whatever, uh, ended up trading him to the Montreal es- Expos. Uh, it was it a three-way uh, three-player trade? The Yankees got back actually Ted Lilly in that deal. Who you know, Ted Lilly early on, who was someone that the Yankees um ended up trading had a pretty decent career elsewhere especially going with toronto for a couple of seasons Then uh, he bounced around but you know early on his memory ted Lilly was a yankee probably Lilly's probably most infamous moment with the yankees was serving up in a massive bomb uh to barry bonds and the, the giants came here visited in the league game I think yankee stadium was like one of the few stadiums that bonds didn't hit a home run in and he just smashed you know uh, smashed a a shot in the upper deck, right field, of the Yankee Stadium. So that's probably Ted Lilly's little Yankee moment there. bass uh, for Arabu uh, again. Pitched a couple of seasons with the the um, Montreal. A lot of hurt, a lot of times wasn't that great. Uh, 2002 ended up signing with the Texas Rangers, uh, and they actually signed him as their closer. So even though he was a, pretty much a starter for most of his career, uh, signed him as a close. I had 16 saves for you know kind of a team that wasn't that good. Ended up leaving the states, went back to Japan. Uh, 2003 uh, pitched for the Hashin Tigers. Uh, And in in an exhibition game in 2004, um, you know, it was a I think when Tampa visited um, Japan. And that was the year when the Yankees in Tampa, if you may remember, uh, played actually their first two games in Japan. Uh, If you may remember, that's when A-Rod joined the Yankees. But uh, in an exhibition game even before that against Tampa, uh, Rabu pitched uh, against those race. So it was kind of his probably his last taste of facing uh, American League, I guess, Major League uh, hitting. And then from there, unfortunately, Rabu kind of fell off the wheels a little bit. Uh, so, you know, kind of, you know, was in and out of baseball uh 2008. Uh, got, you know, got caught in a bar fight. So basically, what happened is he thought that some restaurant was like stealing his credit card. He got into a fight with somebody, got arrested in there. Uh, did try to return to a semi uh, Pro Bowl for Japan in 2009. Then, you know, left that, went back to California. Um, had a DUI arrest in California in 2010. And then, unfortunately, in 2011, uh, they found him at his home he actually ended up hanging himself and when he did a toxicology report found that he had alcohol in his system and a few different um you know drugs one of them called Ativan, which is basically a, sort of an antidepressant or a, uh, but it's definitely a type of pill that you're not supposed to take alcohol with and of course he took alcohol with that and they also found possibly some other substances in him did, again all those types of different medication and it seems you know unfortunately that he did have a lot of off the field issues you know with the not only with the Yankees but before and after, uh, supposedly, you know, he was really nasty to the um, uh, Japanese press back in the day. And supposedly there was one situation where he confronted, a, um, I guess, a video camera reporter who took some footage of him, making some comments that he didn't want out there. Basically, I suppose he grabbed the camera and like smashed it. Uh, then he had some situations where, uh, you know, he would just overread sometimes. He would go on drinking binges. And even when he was with the Yankees, supposedly he smoked uh, between innings a lot of times. And just you, of course, after he was done with baseball, just smoked like a chimney all the time. Um, So it just seemed like it was very, you know, had some discomfort there. We don't really know the full situation, Uh, but shortly before he did, end up committing suicide. His wife and kids did leave him, so he probably had to deal with that. And again, just the depression of that, and taking all these anxiety pills and whatnot, and just kind of having, uh, you know, some a lot of disappointment in his life. I guess I guess that was too much for him. And he had kind of a weird upbringing. So his father was like a military airman. Uh, The the father basically took off for a while. And then the mother uh, uh, remarried with another Japanese guy. So even though it wasn't his kid, you know, I guess that's where he got the last name Marabu from. Um, The Japanese guy kind of raised him on his own. But I guess Hideki never really felt at home in Japan because he was kind of half American, wanted to play in America, but didn't do too well here. And then he went back to Japan. So felt like he never really had a home. So, again, a lot of conflict in his life. But again, if you want to look back to his contributions, um, again, after that, they created the posting system, which we have now when the Major League Baseball teams look to bring in a Japanese player, where now they have the posting system where you have to, I guess you have to pay a certain fee with the team to negotiate the rights. And again, the Japanese player has um, a a say in where they get to go. Whereas back then, San Diego just outright bought Arabu's contract without him having any input. So if you want to look at the legacy of Arabu, he was one of the first players to sort of pioneer to have a system in place where okay, if a major league baseball team is going to purchase the contract of a Japanese player, at least the Japanese player now has some sort of say of where they get to go. So I guess, you know, if, if Arabu maybe did have a great baseball career, at least, you know, he kind of paved the way for that. And then afterwards, you know, in the years to come, you would have, uh, you know, the Ichiros of the world, the Daisuke's of the world, the Otani's of the world, um, the Masahiro Tanaka's of the world, and that the posting system where they were able to come here, at least on their own terms, they could at least – um, at least thank Arabu for that for the Yankee fans. Again, his career maybe didn't pan out as we thought, but did give us that one magical night there. Again, uh, July 10th, 1997, uh, just a wild, crazy fun night of just this mysterious guy coming from Japan and here and striking out nine tiger players. And just, you know, just kind of that air of mystery for him and uh, tons of excitement. And you thought what could be ahead. I know, unfortunately overall as a starting pitcher, wasn't it was big and it wasn't totally terrible. If you can, I gave you these numbers in '98, 13 and 9, 4.06 ERA, and in '99, going 11 and 7 with a, a hot, little higher ERA, 4.84. And again, this is the late '90s, this is the midst of the steroid era. We have, you know, this is literally '98, that's when you had the hope of McGuire Sosa, of course, Bonds will dabble at it later on, but you know, we had a lot of offense. So to pitch an, an ERA under five isn't exactly terrible just during that era and arabo again technically part of two yankee championship teams so he did get his two rings with the new york yankees even though it probably was the way he wanted so a lot of ways to look at arabo so i just kind of want to look back at that uh just again i just remember just going that game and just having a good time and i really was rooting for arabo i would hope you know he'd really pan out here but unfortunately this wasn't the case and again it seemed like he just had a lot of off the field problems as well and psychologically and with family and that stuff and Unfortunately, uh, again, uh, he died in 2011. So, um, so that's the Hideki Robison. I hope you liked it. Again, hopefully, maybe did some jog some of the memories you had. And again, maybe you're a very young Yankee fan. and you never heard of the Robison story, and well, here it is. Uh, and maybe you wanted to Google him, look him up, and look at some YouTube clips just to see. Uh, again, his big pitch. I mean, he, again, he, he was known to throw hard, but he also had a very good splitter that was kind of his out pitch. So, section 420 talking Yankees. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast, get cool stories like this. It's only available for podcast subscribers. So, subscribe. See you next time.